This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester at home in the title running. We've seen this before, but will City need a late screamer to calm the nerves or will it be smooth sailing against the ailing foxes? It's Friday, April 14th. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm David Powell. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United one, Manchester City six. It's two for Jekyll. Tottenham Hotspur three, Manchester City four. They have made the impossible possible. Welcome back to the show, David. How's things? Not too bad, thank you, mate. Very well. Still uh, reveling in the win from the other night on my trip back to the Etihad. So yeah, very happy uh, City fan at the moment. Yeah, I saw you were at the game. How was the night out? Good, very good. Yeah, um, Champions League nights. I think I heard it on one of the podcasts the other day. I think Amos said it about maybe we're starting to see what Liverpool fans bang on about these special nights under the lights. But it was a it was a very good one. I thought the atmosphere was good. And yeah, it's just nice to get back in there, man. I've, I've missed it this season. Was that City's best performance you've seen in the Champions League? That is a that is a big, big Or maybe, maybe biggest moment? I would say it's probably the best win. Um, yeah. Best performance. I still think that, I know we conceded a lot of goals against Real Madrid, but that home performance was something else. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. It was it was brilliant. I mean, I've I've listened to all the pods this week and looked at, a lot of stuff on Twitter and the the low percentage of possession and stuff and how do we play so well and how are we in so control when we had such little, little possession. But I think the, the performance was exceptional. So, yeah, I'll go with yes. It It is weird because obviously the run to the final all came in empty stadiums. So nobody got to live that and kind of feel it from, from within the ground. Whereas I think most City fans would probably, if you ask them their biggest Champions League moment, Probably none of them would say any of the games from that season, whereas it should be kind of the club's, you know, crown jewel in, in this competition. That's a good point. 
Very good point. I think I, I, I can't go to every, to every game at the moment, and I chose the Champions League game over the Leicester game this weekend. And I think maybe that speaks volumes of maybe my priority shift into the Champions League over the Premier League. Mm, wow, big, that's big words. Me and me and Amos aren't there yet. We are we are uh, often on this podcast, kind of tearing down anyone who is interested in the Champions League, but we won't do that this time around. We'll move on to the Premier League this weekend. City obviously hosting Leicester. Um, I think as we're talking about the Bayern game, the first place to start with this is, is there any worry of a hangover? I mean, this, you know, there have been kind of, as we've said, maybe some bigger moments in the past where City have have had in the Champions League. You think back to the Real Madrid game last year, and obviously that was, um, you know, that first leg was exhilarating, 4-3, and it wasn't a statement win per se, but it was the kind of game that you can still have a hangover from. Um, is there any fear of that, or is this team just kind of too much of a machine to to have that issue? Um, at the moment, I am extremely confident about City, so I'm I'm I'll, I'll probably say no. I don't think there will be a hangover. I think when you're in this sort of form, when you're in this sort of rhythm, every game that comes next, it just it's just the fluidity of just winning and wanting to play games. I think it actually works in your favour a little bit. That you play in every three three games, uh, three days, sorry, rather than every seven days. So I don't think there'll be a hangover. I think earlier in the season when we weren't quite as um, confident in the system and how the the sort of team spirit was, I would have been a lot more nervous. But I could see us going in against Leicester at home, especially at the Etihad, and absolutely tonking them again. We've got so many goals in us at the moment that it's, I'm not concerned about it. Um, and I'm trying to be very positive about everything at the moment and trying to just say we are going to win the treble. There's going to be no hangover and we will beat Leicester. I mean, there's every reason to be positive. You know, it's unbeaten since losing away to Tottenham. Um, only two of those games weren't wins. That was what, Forrest and RB Leipzig away, I think. Um, so there's every reason to have that that positivity. And I think, I think the most important thing to talk about going into this Leicester game is probably the squad rotation because we're in this bit of a... A weird time where I think Pep has obviously found his team. He's found the system that works. You know, this I guess we'll call it a three-two-four-one with with four center backs in the team and John Stone stepping into midfield. I think the issue that we may run into, I think they could play a maximum of fifteen more games this season if they you know go on and win the treble. Um, I think the issue that that Pep could run into is. In years past, you kind of had a like-for-like like change in every position. You know, we maybe not in the back line, but certainly from midfield up to the forward line. You know, Gabriel Jesus could come in for Raheem Sterling, or Leroy Sané could come in for Raheem Sterling. Whereas, you don't have that like-for-like like in every position. You don't have another John Stones. You don't have another center back that can step into midfield and do that. Pep said it himself this week. Kyle Walker can't do that. He can't. He can't be that inverted fullback. We know that Rico Lewis can. Um, you know, you don't. You probably don't have another player like Jack Grealish. You don't have another Phil Foden. You know, everybody kind of has their own specific thing. So if Pep now has this system and this eleven or twelve players that he's going to lean on, is there an issue with how much football that could potentially be left in, in trying to rotate and keep that momentum going? I think that there is a there is a risk of it, and there, there is a potential problem with the players having to play 15 games straight or 16 games straight if he did sort of stick with this system and this personnel but 
on the flip side of it, I think he said the other day when Haaland was injured, he was like, I'd rather play him for 60 minutes in the start rather than the final 20 minutes. That The way City are playing at the moment, I'm sure Pep's confident like we are that why don't why why can't we go and get three 0 up at half time against Leicester and then bring on Sergio Gomez, Calvin Phillips, Mares, Walker, and just do that rather than run the risk of, like you said, playing Carl Walker at that right back, stepping into midfield and, and maybe getting to sixty minutes into the game and it being nil nil and a bit nervy and, and things like that, and then having to bring on the other players and just flip it, just go for it from the start, be confident in what we're doing at the moment where this system is working so well, we're scoring so many goals. Go get the job done early, go do an early in Haaland and get the the first 11, so to speak, playing 60 minutes and then get them off. So so do you think that's what's happening with Leicester this weekend? I mean, it's worth mentioning that the second leg in Munich is the Wednesday, so we do have that extra day's rest. Um you thinking that it's going to be similar from Southampton to Bayern, now Leicester all the way to Bayern, that he's going to stick with that same 12, 13 players? Or is he going to start to call on the the Rico Lewises, the Kyle Walkers, maybe even Americ Laporte gets back into the team? It, it is quite hard to say, isn't it? I mean, he hasn't really shown that he has a huge amount of faith in, in Kyle Walker and, and Laporte at the moment. To, they're not even getting any minutes from the bench, really. That To then chuck them in from the start, it would be it would shock me, but then Pep's never really been the the kind of manager that plays the same eleven over and over again like Jurgen Klopp. But then again, I think Pep is showing this season that he's actually open to doing some things that maybe he doesn't normally do. And is he gonna is he sitting there thinking, can these players play fifteen games in a row potentially? Full pelt. There's nothing going on in the summer. They'll get their rest, and he could have a treble, or he does his usual start the season tinkering bringing in the Rico Lewises and, and the Mares for Bernardo's and Bernardo going to midfield. My gut is telling me that he's going to start sticking with it and maybe changing one or two players like he did at the Bayern. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Mares come in at the weekend for Bernardo. Maybe Bernardo goes into midfield and Gundogan gets a rest. Not wholesale changes. I don't think we're going to see four or five players swapped out. I think he's confident we could do the league and I don't think he's going to risk it. I think it's worth mentioning that this run that we're on now typically comes in, what, January, February time. And we've seen in in many years past where we get to late April, early May, and there'll be a lot of guys with knocks. You, you know, you look at last season, the, you know, the two final two games of the season, you've got Fernandinho playing at right back and center back. You've got Laporte playing on one leg for the last 180 minutes of the season, it felt like. Um, I think Kyle Walker was injured as well. It feels like maybe this is the perfect season to to go on and have the late run because we didn't have it earlier in the season. There was all sorts of tinkering and maybe you can look at the tinkering and the the attitude problems and players having long stints on the benches. Well, they were actually getting rest at the same time. You know, Ruben Diaz had his injury, didn't come back from the World Cup uh, and play all that much, was on the bench for a little while. And so all these guys that maybe start to run out of steam by late April, early May, they maybe now have you know two or three more months in the legs. And, and like you said, you can just go on and play the final 15, 16 games, just the same 12 or 13 guys and just kind of run them into the ground. Absolutely. I think when I was coming back from the game on um, Tuesday night, they, they were saying on TalkSport, which I apologise for listening to TalkSport on the way home. I was. It's a long drive home to Birmingham. It's good. It is. I will say it's good to listen to after games, especially yeah. 
if it's gonna if it's games that are gonna cause any sort of fume. Yeah, yeah, which there was a bit to be fair, but they were they were sort of saying that with the World Cup being in the middle of the season, they couldn't really believe. I think it was Jason Cundy saying it that City just don't look tired. They don't look tired whatsoever. Whereas you look at a team like Liverpool right now, that their legs have just completely gone like a boxer in the tenth round. Our players are looking quite fresh. Rodri, I don't know how on earth he's still looking fresh when he's played every pretty much every minute of the season. You'd have expected by now Calvin Phillips to have, we've discussed it so many times, got some minutes, but he just hasn't. And Rodri just doesn't look like he's slowing down, which something's right. They must be on the Space Jam spinach drinks or something, but they just seem to have so much energy. And if, if I was in Pep's shoes, I would be probably rolling the dice with this team until maybe they slip up in the Premier League and we say, OK, Arsenal are probably going to take it now and then start rotating in the Premier League. But while we've still got the three on the table, I'd be going for all three. Well, I think that's that's worth mentioning. I wonder if um, heading into this kind of week where we, we finally have the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday of kind of you know brutal games every, every day of the week, um, I wonder if that came into Pep's mind. Maybe two weeks ago, he was thinking the league isn't looking likely. And I know I've said it on this podcast. Others have said it on this podcast, kind of conceded the league to Arsenal. And now that maybe Arsenal have had a tiny little blip and City can essentially, right, it's in their hands, right? They can win out and win the league. Um, I wonder if that's playing into his mind now. I wonder if he was going into this part of the season thinking, I will start to lean on Kyle Walker and Americ Laporte and Rico Lewis in the Premier League games because they have the experience. I mean, Lewis doesn't obviously, but Kyle Walker, Laporte, they they have the experience. But now he's maybe smelling a little bit of blood in the water and thinking, I can't because I found the 12 or 13 that I know will do it for me every day of the week. And I wonder if, if Arsenal's little blip has maybe changed the thinking inside the dressing room at all. Potentially, yeah. I mean... Yeah. That that system wasn't working at the start of the season when he was playing certain players in these positions, and he's found he's found, like you said, the, the 11, 12 or thirteen that fit this system. If he doesn't revert back to like we've said before, the overlapping wing backs and this, that, and the other, he's going to have to stick with his personnel really. Otherwise, he runs the risk of bringing your Carl Walker into midfield and, and causing problems. And with that Arsenal slip up, Pep. I think Pepper said a few times he's not he's not all in on like statistics and records and stuff like that, but he now is is it seven games or eight games away from doing the three peat, which he hasn't done at City before. I think he sits at home and he's like, I want to get the three peat. Mm. Why, why would he not? It's in it's in our hands. So why why would he be sitting there thinking actually? Let's bring Laporte in for for Ake. Yeah, it's it's a very similar like for like change, but if he's if he's going to upset the dyma- dynamic of the team and cost Pep potentially getting that three-peat, then I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, looking ahead to the Bayern game, we're not going to talk about the Bayern game. Obviously, Leicester's still on the horizon. But does the Bayern game on Wednesday of next week, does that play into the thinking this weekend? And I I, th- I don't think you quite understand what I mean there. I'm not saying that we potentially rest players for that Bayern game. Is the lead, the 3-0 lead, is that big enough to say... Maybe we don't rotate at all for this weekend. We get the three vital three points in the league. And because we have that 3-0 lead in the back of the pocket, we, we we take it from there at Bayern. Or are you already looking ahead and trying to keep players fresh for Bayern because an early goal kind of opens up the tie again? 
I mean, it, it feels like a horrible lead to have. I've got to say, yeah. it feels if, if it's if it's four of four or five. I'm saying play all the starters against Leicester, right? Yeah, and and then maybe Kyle Walker and Laporte can come in for Bayern. They have the experience; they've done it before. It just feels like the worst kind of middle of the road lead to be taking back there. It's such a strange feeling to have, isn't it? How can you be three 0 up and still not be fully confident? But you, you, it's the case. They score early, and then they score twenty minutes to go. And it, that lead means nothing, does it? That we've we've seen what happened against Real Madrid. It just it can fall away so quickly. So to answer your question, I think his eyes will be on Bayern. I don't think Pep's going to take it for granted. He never has, has he? He's never said like, "I don't go out to win games." I think was it, I think was it Rodri that had a quote this week saying, "We will go there to win the game and try and score goals." I might be wrong, um, but yeah, no. I, again, I'm. I'm <laughs> I don't know if this is me sitting on the fence or not answering the question quite right, but I think he'll, he will have an eye on that game next week. But the only way he's going to have an eye on it is getting the starters off at 60 minutes when we're 3-0 up against Leicester. All right, I think the consensus is he'll stick with the 11 or 12 that have got him to this point this weekend. Uh, that'll do for part one. In part two, we'll take a quick look at Arsenal and their mentality in this title run-in. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City coverage. I'm joined by David Powell today. Let's look at Arsenal for a second, just because, you know, we've seen plenty of teams in their position, mostly Liverpool, a couple of times United, that City kind of, they smell the blood in the water, they get on their tail. Like we said earlier, it's now in City's hands. You win out, you win the league, um, depending on goal difference, of course. But, um, what do you think Arsenal's mentality is at the moment? Is, is is Are they starting to feel that pressure? Did we see that at Anfield, that it started to crumble a little bit, the Anfield crowd got on top of them, and, and it just kind of all went to pieces? Um, or from what you've seen from them this season, is City sneaking up on them not going to be an issue? If it wasn't Anfield and it was any other... Um ground I would probably be a lot more confident in this being a bit of a wobble but again I think it's been mentioned on the podcast before Anfield away even with Liverpool being as as rubbish as they are this season it is the hardest place in in the Premier League to go to and a lot was made about Grant Xhaka's squaring up and lifting the crowd and that crowd will act as not just the 12th man but the 13th and 14th so I didn't get too carried away with it being a slump for Arsenal or their mentality sort of dropping um it was probably more so the Anfield sort of atmosphere that did it. That said, the fact that I feel like the press and the noise on social media is is getting loud now, even from pundits being like, Man City are coming for you. They're a different beast. They're a machine. Players hear that, and as soon as it starts going into their ears, there's no reversing it, really. So I think time will tell. I think the next couple of weeks, when do we play them next? Is, have we got two games before? Yeah, we play them the 26th, so it'll be two more league games with the Bayern game in between. I think we'll know a hell of a lot more by that point if they've got two more games as well. And if, if they win both again like they did after we beat them 3-1, I think we'd be able to sit there and say they are a serious, serious team and that they're, they're not going to falter towards the end of the season and it will just be a straight shootout. They drop points this weekend. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll go on and absolutely trounce it because I think... Two, two drop points in a row or maybe even if they win this game and drop points before us I think 
that's where the seed of doubt will seriously start creeping in at Arsenal. The press will get louder and louder. Social media will get louder and louder. And these players like Saka, who don't seem to perform quite as as well against the big teams and in the big moments, will they go missing? I hope so. It's good that you mentioned the media because this feels like a new thing. I mean, to us as City fans, seeing City come from behind, chase down a team that looks uncatchable and, and win the title late on in the season, that's not new to us. We know that this team has had it in them for years now. But it feels like this is the first time where the media in every corner, whether it's just fans on social media, like you said, the pundits, whoever it might be, They've, they they after that Anfield game and now that City can essentially win out and win it, it's almost like a just acceptance that it's City's now. This is what they do, and it feels like this may be the first time where the the wider public has kind of just accepted that that the blood in the water is there and City are going to pounce. And like you said, I, I think that can get to Arsenal, but I don't remember that ever being the case before and I certainly wasn't living under a rock it feels like it really is that first time where it's just widely accepted that City will chase you down it's over now <laughs> yeah I think I think someone said it again I know I keep referencing old podcasts but someone said that, that Gundogan comeback was was quite significant in the fact that it wasn't just in a title race but it was within the game which we haven't done since the Aguero moment which was what mm. 10 11 years ago it showed that not even within a title race, but within a game, we know what it takes to get over the line and we will get over the line. Um, some of our other title wins, it's been in our hands, hasn't it? I mean, the final game against Villa and stuff, the, the, the games were done. I think, was it Villa the 17-18 season where it was just 2-0, 2-1, Nasri scored? Or was that before? Uh, well, Nasri, Nasri wasn't on the team 17-18. The title where we... Uh, West Ham. Are you thinking West Ham? West Ham, maybe, yeah. Um, and then I think and then I think Vinny scored to make it 2-0, if we're thinking of the same game. It might be. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think I don't know if I've gone a bit off topic, topic there, but I, I do think this season does sound like the pundits have sort of said City are a beast now. And I, I, it's, it's good because we haven't been given this sort of praise in the past by really anyone other than Man City fans. Um. I'm I'm I was on the fence about whether we were going to go and take the title but again I'm being extremely positive I, f- I feel like we are getting going at the right time and I would be very shocked now if, don't want to jinx it but if if this weekend we ended up losing 1-0 and we had one of those games where we had 30 shots on target and didn't score I just don't see it happening I don't see where where these slip-ups are going to happen unless something drastically goes wrong with an injury to a key key player like a Rodri or Ruben Diaz right now. I think I think that's probably the the potential banana peel would be any sort of injury. But is there a sense that this feeling of general acceptance of City's inevitability is there a feeling that that Arsenal play a role in that? Would it be different if it was Klopp's Liverpool or Fergie's United or even just any version of United where the general media would feel like because of their history, they won't let it slip. Whereas, you know, Arsenal have been in this, not this particular position, but there were plenty of years under under Wenger where they were in first at Christmas or maybe in February and and they let it slip. Is there a sense that it would be different with a different team that we were chasing down? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly right. I, 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 all season, every pundit, even now, 
before that defeat, uh, that draw at Anfield was like, Arsenal aren't going to do it. Arsenal aren't going to do it because because of what they've been like for the past five, six years or whatever it's been. And they, they jumped from fourth. Was it fourth last year they finished? Um, yeah. No, so, no, they... they uh... They that's out that's kind of influenced this whole thing and everyone's mentality with them is the fact that they kind of had fourth in their hands and and then let Spurs chase them down and take it. Exactly, yeah. So they they, they slipped up there right at the end of the season when it was crunch time and it was so in their hands again, like they were way ahead of Spurs and they've done a big, big jump to go from fifth to first and it, it, it takes a huge shift in mentality and getting the job done to to go from being fifth in the table and having players that struggle to get Champions League football to going and, and winning a title race. So, yeah, I do think it probably does play into um, the pundits' thoughts on the fact that City would chase Arsenal down and they maybe not against a, a prime Klopp or a prime Fergie. Absolutely. Well, splendid stuff that'll do today. Thank you very much, David, for joining us. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, guys. Don't forget to hit the subscribe, hit the like button, leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way for us to get the show out to blues like you. Until next time. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.